Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. Getting into part five of our look at draft picks on offense for the Seahawks, with the draft coming up on April 28th, I'm splitting the offensive line into two parts. And here to talk interior offensive line is my friend EJ Snyder. You know him from Bootleg Football, which he co-hosts with Brett Coleman. And you can also catch him while listening to Bears Over Beers as part of Windy City Gridiron on the SB Nation Network. And after talking tight ends yesterday, a position I don't believe is much of a need, they need offensive line. Now, maybe they don't necessarily need a ton in the interior of the offensive line, except for center. I'm definitely on board with the Seahawks needing a center. They can go there early. I know Pete Carroll said that, yeah, that they're quote-unquote loaded uh, when it comes to center. I don't buy that for a minute that uh, <laughs> that they've found, you know, that Kyle Fuller and uh, Austin Blythe are, are the future uh, for the Seahawks center room. I, I think they're targeting this early, EJ, because of mm. those, these statements that Pete Carroll made. Interesting. That's fascinating. I was going to ask you about that because Blythe was a guy that I actually was hoping was going to go to the Bears because the Bears also need a center. They have Sam Mustafer, but he was pretty well overwhelmed last year. He's uh, fine. Right? I I know. I I maybe I'm being too hard on him, but I I just feel like he's he's okay. Whereas I yeah, want no, I think I he's okay. You, you want better, and the other thing is he has an injury history. So if he's healthy, he's fine. If he's not healthy, you need a center. And so it's interesting that you think that because of the comments, Pete's or Peter John or both are, are targeting Pete said that. that they're loaded at center. Come on, EJ. When you when you think of the Seahawks offensive line, you don't think loaded when you look at the names that are at I, center. I don't. So one of the positions I looked at uh, more stringently, I would say, as we were getting ready for this episode was, yeah, they, you know, and there are centers in this draft too. some good ones, some ones up high if they choose to spend a high pick it's actually one of the safer in terms of hit rate high picks um interior offensive line in the first round is actually the safest overall pick now they don't get picked there very often because of positional value and that might take your sample size down but your hit rate is about 60 percent with an interior offensive lineman whereas if you pick a wide receiver uh, it's down in the high teens uh so you know if they're thinking hey we got to get a home run which wouldn't I wouldn't put that on John ever. He doesn't seem to care uh, what other people think about his draft selections. But if they want to center a pie, there's some really good options. There are some very talented centers who are going to go off the board early. I feel like Tyler Linderbaum is the the name that I that is kind of the go to guy at center that's generally thought of as the guy who's going to go first. Yep. He's the chalk pick. The Iowa Center uh, with a history of both wrestling and martial arts. Do we need to say anymore? Like Iowa offensive lineman who's a wrestler and likes martial arts. And Austin Blythe is a wrestler too. I, and Justin Britt was a wrestler. They just John likes guys with the wrestling background. I think. I I'm telling you. And Linderbaum, the the knock on him if there was one because he is the sort of unanimous chalk pick at interior offensive line in this draft was he has short arms which is typically not a great thing for an offensive lineman. However, everybody says don't care because he's had short arms his whole career and he's still moved guys in the Big Ten all the time. He's very quick with his motion. He was also under 300 pounds, which scares a lot of people in the NFL. He just had his pro day two days ago and he came in over 300 pounds and, of course, tested over the moon as a great athlete. And everybody was like, oh, what a surprise. Tyler Linderbaum's a great athlete. He looked like a great athlete on tape, but we were all worried. Now we're fine, which always cracks me up. Uh, you know, he's got 
three, four years of good tape at Iowa. He dominates guys. He is the preeminent guy. Will he go in the first round? Not terribly likely. If he does, it'll be in the last 10 picks. And will he definitely be one of those players that if he's there on day two, will go off in like the first five picks because somebody will go get him? Yes. Are we are we at 0.5 for the over under for centers in the first round? Uh I think the over under would be 1.5. Okay, so you think a center a, will go. It depends on what you count the other player as. And he's ah. the next guy we need to talk about. Uh much bigger, incredibly gifted athletically and this is Zion Johnson from Boston College. Played most of his career at guard, a dominant and athletic guard who yet probably hasn't still hit his ceiling, so the kind that NFL evaluators just salivate over a guy that's already athletic and productive and still has room to grow. Um, was snapping at the senior role specifically because a lot of teams were like, we see you as a center. So he has some experience there, but it's pretty limited. But if you count Zion Johnson as a center, that's when that over-under number gets really interesting because it is possible that Linderbaum and Zion both go because maybe somebody picks Zion as a guard. But if they, you know, declare i guess not that anybody would but they might say oh no we we see him as a center you could get to that two number that's where the bet gets a little bit tricky well and gosh teams are always weird that way too i feel like there's guys who were drafted as tackles well justin Britt, a good example i think was drafted as a tackle ultimately ended up being a center yes it it does happen there are more shifts there i would say than at most other positions but those two guys are both exceptionally talented. Uh, sky's the limit for them. I both think they're going to be seven or eight year starters without a hiccup. Yeah, they, I I would love for my team to get one of them because they have a need there. But I I, I don't know that that's where they're going to focus their high picks. Well, if we're talking about some of the Uber athletes, and I also want to talk about Cole Strange because he was one of the Seahawks' top thirty visits for draft picks and. Uh, Chattanooga player, broad jump. Uh, I don't think there was anybody better. Uh, high three cone, uh, tested well in that. Uh, also tested well in the in the short shuttle. Uh, mm -hmm. In the forty, he was uh, the, you know five seconds for a dude at three hundred pounds. Uh, pretty good. Uh, just a guy with with big athletic testing and and I think fits all the measurements too. Yeah, he is a great athlete. He's also a very good football player. And we've seen, I don't want to say it's a trend, but we've seen a pretty consistent drip of um, lower division players coming through. Typically, they get highlighted at the Senior Bowl. They're interior offensive linemen. These are the Ali Marpets, the Ben Barches. Um, I, I'm still not over the fact that Ali Marpet retired from football, EJ. Ali Marpet... Uh, Ali Marpet is a freaking hero, right? Goes from Division Two to the pros, signs a huge contract, wins the Super Bowl, retires, all before the age of thirty, still healthy. Like that is like that's all probably the, credit, the way to do it. Yeah, all the credit in the world to Ali Marpet, and he seems happy about it too, because like, oh, Tom Brady's coming back. Are you coming back? And he was like, nope. nope. <laughs> and I was like, good for you. Like that, that's a, that is a hero origin story right there. But we see this pretty typically. And Cole Strange is, I don't want to say he's the guy this year, but he, he fits that profile probably most closely of crazy athlete, um, lower level of competition, but went to the senior bowl against top competition and still was jerking around defensive tackles in the same way he did in division two. And everybody went, yep, he'll be fine. Um, so 
Cole Strange, I think, is a pretty safe pick uh, at interior offensive line. Would not be upset again um, if the Bears picked him up because they have needs at interior offensive line, much like the Seahawks. I think he's a he's a very solid bet to be one of those players that plays well and for a long time and just you plug him, plug him and play. Right now, just so we're clear, because we're going to be talking tackles later, Evan Neal, Equano, those two guys, are we talking about them as tackles or as guards? For me, this is interesting. For me, they're both tackles. Okay. Aquanu uh, was my number one tackle, and Neil was my number two tackle. We'll save now, them. We'll save them to talk about because we have a lot more interior guys to talk about, and we're going to get to them coming up next. Talking to EJ Snyder of Bootleg Football, and we are talking interior offensive line. I feel like my focus has mainly been at center and the next two guys I want to talk about are a couple of likely day three guys. One was a three-year starter at center in Cam Jurgens, and a guy projected to play center in the NFL in Zach Tom. Oh, two really fun players. I appreciate you bringing them up. Cam Jurgens is the center in Nebraska or was the center in Nebraska, uh, is in this draft. And a lot of people started talking about him that watch offensive line like a month and a half ago. So I went and watched Cam Jurgens. He was down the board. I hadn't hadn't gotten to him yet. And I didn't really understand what all the fuss was about with Cam Jurgens because he's unrefined that is the nicest way that i can say that he is a <laughs> wild football player and he is wild athletically he is a crazy athlete like if you think cole strange is a good athlete cam jurgens blows his numbers away like he is an uber athlete at center and he is mean on the football field the one game i watched the first game i watched he had two not one but two personal foul penalties of 15 yards apiece for basically being 25 yards out ahead of the play and still grinding the guy into the dirt and pulling a flag. And I was like, that's what's all the fuss. But then I was like, he's 25 yards ahead of the play as a center. He's that kind of athletic. He is incredibly fast. He's uh, his play strength maybe needs to come up a little bit, but his, his lower half, his quickness, um, his ability to get on guys very quickly, which is a thing at center, right? You want to be able to snap and uh, on those open run plays, move to the second level and pick off a linebacker, like physically capable of all that. So uh, we were trying to come up with a comp for Cam Jurgens, uh, like potential. And basically we said, it's Ryan Jensen's meanness combined with Jason Kelsey's mobility. And if you sort of fuse those two together, that's his ceiling. I'm not saying he's going to hit that. Right, but right. I'm saying that is his ultimate potential is a guy that's really mean, really athletic, can move like crazy and is really happy to drive you into the dirt. Now, does he need a lot of refinement? He does. Does he need a year in an NFL strength conditioning program to get that upper body play strength up against those monster defensive tackles who are 330 pounds? He does. Could he be one of the best zone blocking centers to come out of this draft in three or four years. Like, yeah, he has that kind of potential. Zach Tom is a guy that played more outside, played tackle, has immaculate, in my opinion, pass sets. He is a guy that when you watch his pass sets, you're like, why is this guy being talked about in the sixth round? Doesn't have ideal tackle dimensions. So a lot of people are projecting him to guard some people to center mm -hmm. uh, because he has a little bit shorter arms and he is not a great run blocker. So again, moving him off the edge and tackle where he has less space to deal with against some of those extremely speedy edge rushers, putting him into where it's a shorter area, the shorter arms don't matter as much. He's got great quickness. I think 
he could be a high-level guard. I actually, in a selfish way, want to see him at tackle in the NFL because his pass sets are pristine. He's so good at him. He's not great in run blocking. Sound like any other Seahawks tackles? <laughs> a little yeah. bit like Stone Forsythe well, last Stone year. Forsyth, who, yeah. who had a lot of pass blocking, but couldn't run block a leg. Zach Tom's better than that as a run blocker, but almost everybody is projecting him to move inside. I'm one of those stalwarts that says, give him a chance to tackle because, man, have you seen him pass protect? And the answer is, yeah, he looks really good. He's got great feet, a tremendous athlete. So he's going to be good kind of wherever you put him. But I, I selfishly want to see him at tackle before he moves inside. Well, it's interesting because he did start out at center for Wake Forest before he ultimately moved out to tackle. Those guys that have multi-position experience on offensive lines, uh, like Elston Jenkins for the Packers, are very valuable to NFL teams because you can slide them all over. And if they can play at a passable level when something happens at three spots on your offensive line, there are not many guys like that. Well, let's close us out talking about maybe some guys in that fourth, fifth round area who uh, I know you guys on the, the bootleg football podcast, you did your ceiling guys. I think we just talked about a guy with, with an incredible ceiling with, with Jurgens. So are there any other guys that you see in that area that's, have that have that potential of maybe maybe Pete Carroll's right maybe they are loaded at center and they need a guy who can is going to take a year or two to develop yeah if it's center yep and guard or even or even guard because I think of gosh you know they got Damian Lewis (laughs) who you know maybe he moves back over to the right side they I don't know what they're going to do with their guards because it's just (laughs) it's a weird situation in Seattle EJ yeah, no, I was looking at the depth chart going, huh, I guess I don't know what I should focus on well, here. Because Gabe Jackson, really sure. you know, he's kind of getting up in age. Could they potentially trade Jackson? And Because Lewis did, in his rookie season, he did so well on that right side. And then they moved him to the left because obviously Gabe had, had played right side so mm-hmm. much they weren't going to move him over to the left. I just, I, I, part of me wonders if they could move Damian Lewis back over to the right side and then maybe they'd be looking at left guard. Yeah, and it is it is a thing we see commonly around the league where some guys are able to move somewhat seamlessly. You really don't see a huge drop in play between left or right. And whether it's tackle or guard, they seem to be, eh, for lack of a better term, ambidextrous. They can play either side pretty well. And then there are other guys that don't at both positions. And some people are like, what? What's the difference between right guard and left guard? And the, you know, the the more vulgar one is, well, try and wipe with your other hand. Right. Uh, but a lot of people say eat, right? Pick up your fork with your left hand and see if you can do it just as well. Go, oh, I can't. Well, that's you're basically mirroring every motion. Some guys, no problem. Some guys, nope, that guy, that guy's a right guard. He is not a left guard. Well, and uh, you so, know, even Think about snowboarding, you know, and what what foot you tend to, to put forward when you're going down the hill. If same you know, thing, swap feet, it's it's going to feel weird. Yep. Regular switch. And some guys can ride regular switch. Some can't. And that's exactly what you have. You see, especially with young players that get moved a lot. I don't care who they are. If they get moved a lot, it's very tough. They can't settle in and sort of get good at one thing. Um this is the sweet spot for guards, like middle of round three to like end of round five is where you see a lot of very productive players get picked. You don't have to invest high draft capital and you get a great return. You get a player that, again, plays into his second contract. Um, and there are a lot of those guys in this draft. So the good news for the Seahawks is if that's the tack they take, if they say, hey, we're set at center, um, we're going to go for a guard and they wait. So the third, fourth, fifth round, they can still get a very good player who could be a starter 
as a rookie. So some of those guys, I like Lucita Smith from Virginia Tech, Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma. Oh, there's a West Coast guy, um, Sean Ryan, UCLA. He played tackle for them, but he is definitely a guard. Ed Ingram from LSU is, again, Damian Lewis was an LSU guy. So there's a there's a lot of players that can pick from at guard and I think get a, a very good return. Um, Chris Paul from Tulsa, who is a tackle at Tulsa, but I think he's going to be a great guard. One of the fastest guards. I think he ran a 4.85 or something and he's 323 pounds. Like that's, that's a big guy moving. Yep. So um, <laughs> lots of guys there. If you're talking about center, if they decide, no, we're, we're okay at guard and we're going to wait, we're going to go center. Um, I really like Luke Fortner from Kentucky. Uh, he, if you go back and watch his senior bowl reps, it's like, did he, did he lose? Like everybody was talking about the, the high up guys on Johnson and Dylan Parham. And, you know, those are great players, but if you go back and watch Fortner's reps at the senior bowl and you're like, did, did he lose any again, SEC starting center, a lot of experience, good line. Um, and then, uh, another West coast guy is Donovan West from Arizona state, a little bit bigger than Fortner, um, a zone center more than a man or gap center. Uh, but another guy like Jurgens that can grow into what I think would be a very capable zone center and is going to be available down pick, you know, 160, 170, 180. He's still probably going to be there. Um, so Donovan West is a name to keep. Donovan West. And I, I'm glad you did bring up Sean Ryan because, yeah, the, his, the vertical jump, 34 inches for a guy, 320 pounds. I do think that that's something the Seahawks, when they're looking for offensive linemen, vertical, broad jump, those are things Explosion. that they, yep, they're looking for the explosive guys and this guy, holy smokes. And he is a happy stump, man. We got to see him in August. We were down at UCLA. I've got a friend that works in the program and he said, do you want to come to practice? And we were like, yeah. Um, so when I was down visiting Brett, we went to UCLA practice and we got to see Sean Ryan up close and he is... He is a stump, man. Nobody moves him. He is a very solid lower half. Sand in the pants guy. He is a sand in the pants guy, 100%. And the other thing is he's happy about it. When I said happy stump, like he loves it. Like when he comes away from a rep and he just torqued somebody over and tossed him aside, he's he's smiling about it. He's a big, cheerful dude, man. He loves it. And, um, you know, there's something to be said for that on the offensive line. It's good to have a guy in the huddle be like, I don't care. Let's go get him. You know, let's grind him into the dirt. And Sean Ryan, you know, he likes his job and he is he is good at it. He's an NFL guard, 100%. He's EJ Snyder of Bootleg Football. Follow him out on Twitter at the Draftsman FB. Exclusive draft rankings through their Bootleg Football Patreon page. $5 a month gets you those exclusive rankings. Also, head on over to fieldgoals.com. Bobby Wagner was on the Rich Eisen show this week, and Stan Taylor has the recap. Russell Wilson asked Bobby about wanting to go to the Broncos before Bobby was released by the Seahawks, and Wagner offered some of his thoughts post-release that led him to joining the Rams. So check that out up at fieldgoals.com. I'll be back to close the series on offense tomorrow. Talking tackles. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks.